0: Welcome to UFC On Point. A big hello and welcome to all the UFC fans, the whole UFC community that is out there worldwide. My name is Sven, and this is the brand new and first episode of my new podcast, UFC On Point. Within this podcast, I simply want to discuss all the news about the UFC and um, break down all the events that take place. So and if you guys have any comments or recommendations for my show or if you want to participate just simply contact me guys. So as I said it is the first episode and the year just started and it started with an absolute banger guys. We're back on Fight Island. The pay-per-view McGregor versus Poirier 2 is ahead of us but before we look ahead to the upcoming weekend. Let's have a look at what happened during the week. So it is a special week for the UFC, obviously, because we feature three three events in only one week. So, and it all started with the brilliant, brilliant performance of Max Blast Holloway, uh, one of my favorite fighters. He just put on a masterclass against, um, the also very highly anticipated Calvin Cater. So I was, I don't know guys how you felt about it, but I was simply blown away by the performance of Max Holloway. So I'm not saying I'm not a huge fan of Calvin Cater. I am a huge fan of Calvin Cater and I love his boxing. And I really thought he, has, he had the best boxing in the game. But Max Holloway once again proved me wrong, guys and he just simply outclassed Calvin Cater in every aspect of the game. Calvin Cater maybe is just too one-dimensional, and Max Holloway just busted him up very bad, um, which you can obviously see on the scorecard. One judge had it 50-42, the other two judges had it 50-43, so, and Max Holloway, I mean, just the volume, the pace, the accuracy was just way too much and um it was just the the volume and the pace was just too much and Calvin Cater wasn't even wasn't even able um to implement his game plan because it was it was just too much as I said. So brilliant performance. Max Holloway defeating Calvin Cater by unanimous decision. There's an argu- uh, there's an argument uh, argument to be made that the fight could have been stopped either by the referee or even by the corner man of Kelvin Cater. Um he was about to get finished at the end of the second round and at the end of the fourth, I think it was. And he was hurt very badly and obviously no one really thought that he could come back in the fifth round. So um as a corner of Calvin Cater there was the there was the option to to step in and end the fight. But um yeah Calvin Cater is so much hard and is such a fighter so um, they decided not to do, um, yeah, he's pretty busted up, I wish him the best and I hope he recovers quickly, but, um, yeah, I think he needs, he needs to take some time off in order to come back even stronger. And yeah, as I said, just a masterclass by Max Holloway, guys, it was just so impressive. But it was not only the main event, we had a co-main event with Carlos Condit. Um, defeating Matt Brown by unanimous decision as well, also a pretty dominant win. They had it 30-27. Um, yeah, good performance by two guys um, that are almost at the end of their careers. Due to the win, Carlos Condit maybe he will get another contract because that was obviously the last fight of uh, of his contract. So I'm I'm really curious about that. And then one of the another very highly um, highly anticipated matchups, Santiago Ponzinibbio made his return after more than two years layoff due to several injuries, um, and he came back against a very strong Li Jingliang. And um, yeah, Santiago Ponzinibbio, what what to say, man? There was just so much so much time missing in the octagon. And when you've been away from the game for so long, I think there's just a, cer- a certain hesitancy. So, and that is exactly what we saw. We did not really see him go forward. He was just, he was spending more time figuring out the range and stuff and fine into the game. But Li Liang was just too good and caught him with a huge left hook that immediately locked, knocked uh, Ponsigniew out cold. And Li Yang is even more getting a contender in the welterweight division. Guys, watch out for this Chinese powerhouse. Also, another underdog cashing. We had Joaquin Buckley, um, who really rode the hype train, <laughs> and he fought against Alessio Di Chirico, and it was all the hype on Joaquin Buckley, guys. And uh, after his highlight reel back-to-back knockouts again against uh, Impaka Sanganai and also Jordan Wright, so. A lot of people said that there was a fight to build Joaquin Buckley up, but what happened, guys, he got knocked out with a head kick by the way taller guy, Alessio Di Chirico, and um, what an upset. Another upset. So Li Liang cashing as an underdog, Alessio Di Chirico cashing, cashing as a huge underdog, and also Punaheli Soriano cashing as an underdog as well uh, in the clash of two undefeated fighters. Uh, he faced off against Dusko Todorovic um, and Suriano, man, just has um, nasty, nasty left uh, punches with his left hand. So much power and great win. And um, he finished Dusko Todorovic in the first round. So that were really the fights that stood out to me. And these fighters had just uh, great performances. Great, great performances. As we move on, guys... We had Wednesday's event, also a great one. Um, in a main event we had Michael Chiesa and Neil Magne. Maybe that was not the best main event to watch if you love action, but it was a, a masterclass in terms of game plan. Michael Chiesa just did what he really has to uh, had to do. Um, make this fight nasty, bring it to the ground, and that's what he did simply in every round. He, yeah, he dominated Neil Magny on the ground for like let's say five rounds, even though he was exhausted in the last two rounds. But he still dominated him on the ground and get a unanimous decision win um, versus a very usually dangerous guy Neil Magny, um, which you don't want to wrestle with usually. And uh, his clinch game is is very dangerous, but Michael Chiesa was just able to get this fight on the ground. Anil Magni was also making a lot of mistakes, in my opinion, um, in trying to wrestle and clinch with Michael Chiesa. So, Michael Chiesa gets his fourth um, straight win at Welterweight. He's 4 0 now, calling out Kobe Chaos Covington. Um, and yeah, I'm very curious what is next for him because Kobe might end up fighting Jorge Masvidal, but still a good call out, in my opinion, by Michael Chiesa. Who really deserves a top guy uh, next? We also had um, Wally Alves taking on Munir Lazes and Munir Lazes fighting out of um, out of Dubai. So he basically fought in his uh, in his hometown, and just another upset, guys. I mean, Wally Alves just came out guns blazing, swinging for the fences, and um, yeah. In the first round, in the middle of the first round, I think it was, um, he landed th- two or three nasty, nasty body kicks to the ribs. One of them might have broke the ribs of and Lozas, um, which ended the fight with a TKO. So, Also um, a great performance. What also stood out to me, Matt Schnell um, looked very good also against Tyson Nam. He won it pretty clear, in my opinion, even though it was a split decision. Um, which I cannot really understand, but Matt Schnell looked really sharp and um, picked Tyson um literally apart, who was not able to land the big shots he usually do. And one of the best fights of the night, Lerone Murphy versus Douglas Silva de Andras. Great performance by the still undefeated Leron Murphy fighting out of Manchester, England. Great, great performance, still undefeated. I think he's now 10-0. And he put just also on a masterclass. Um, we also saw Tom Brees, uh, who went into the fight uh, against Omari um as a favorite, but Omari Akmedov was just too much on the ground and was able to clinch out the decision, uh, the submission via arm triangle choke in the second round. Um, yeah, Omari Akmedov looked looked uh, exhausted, but was still able to finish Tom Brees on the ground, which is a huge win for him after his recent loss. Um, to Chris Weidman. And also Ricky Simone, also with an arm triangle choke win over Gatiana Pirello. Ricky Simone, just such a strong wrestler in this division. I was super, super impressed with that. And uh, wow, I'm really curious what's next for these guys. Speaking of what's next, guys, it's finally here. UFC 257, McGregor versus Poirier 2 goes down this Saturday on Fight Island, Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. Conor McGregor makes his long-awaited return after the pandemic hit so hard, he was only able to fight once in 2020 against a very, very dangerous Dustin Poirier, who just came off um, a win in one of the best fights of 2020 against Dan Hooker. It was if you guys haven't seen that fight, you need to check it out. Just an incredible fight, especially check out the second round, which which is considered the round of the year. So that was a that was a pretty crazy round. And Dustin Poirier coming off um, coming off that impressive win over Dan Hooker, and before obviously um, uh, he came short against uh, the greatest lightweight of all time, Habib Nurmagomedov. And um, yeah, these two guys meet now in a, in a clash, which could very well be for the lightweight title as Khabib um, has retired or has not retired. We're not quite sure yet. Um, very interesting matchup. Corner looks so focused, he looks so in shape. I'm very curious to see, um, to see that fight and what Conor McGregor especially we see on Saturday morning. Also the co-main event, For me, even more interesting, Um, Michael Chandler makes his UFC debut, a guy that I really admired for a long time, former Bellator lightweight champion. Um, So many highlight, highlight real fights. I mean, if I think about the fight against Eddie Alvarez, probably one of the best fights I've ever seen in my life. And he's taking on the hangman, Dan Hooker, which in my opinion is stylistically, a bad matchup for Michael Chandler, but um, he's so confident and I and I also think he can win that fight. If he has the right game plan, he can win that fight. And um, to give you guys a few predictions, I'm going with Michael Chandler uh, in this one. I just think he will be able to get this fight to the ground with his um, great American wrestling style. I know Dan Hooker has a huge height and reach advantage. Uh, advantage but i'm 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 pretty confident that michael chandler is able to close the distance and take him to the ground and win this thing by decision i don't i don't see either guy uh finishing the other one and um hard to predict the main event though um it could go either direction um a lot of people say conor mcgregor might finish this early i don't see that happening yeah, and if it goes in the later rounds, obviously it would favor Dustin Poirier, but um, however it goes, so exciting uh, exciting main event, and um, the winner can very well be uh, next in line for a title shot. So, so much hype around this fight, and uh, obviously when Conor McGregor fights, there's always a lot of hype, but um, he is a great fighter, we should not forget that. And, um, I'm also curious about your guys' opinions, um, how this fight will play out, and uh, can't wait to discuss next week basically um, what the outcome of the fight will be. So what else do we have on the card, guys? Um, A very interesting um, women's bout between Jessica I and Joanne Calderwood, Joanne Calderwood who recently came short. Against the former um, title challenger of uh, Valentina Shevchenko's flyweight belt, um, and yet against Jessica, Ai. and then for all the German fans, um, I did not mention I'm I'm a German guy. So Otman Azaitar, his name might not sound German, but he's a German fighter, um, and he's still undefeated, and he t- he takes on an also very dangerous Matt Frivola. Obviously, I'm rooting for Zaitar, um, and I'm going with them as well. There's another German prospect on the card in Nasraddin Hakparast, also another German name, but he fights out of Hamburg, Germany, and he's taking on a very hard challenge in Arman uh, Zarukian, who just really, really um, had a great performance against one of the top guys in the lightweight division in Islam Makhachev. Even though he lost the fight, he looked impressive to me. And I think he should be, he is favored and he should be favored against Nasrat Hakperast. And um, yeah, I'm rooting for Hakperast obviously, but I think he, will, he won't he will be able to win that fight. And then another very interesting fight on the women's side, we will see Marina Rodriguez taking on Amanda Hibas. Amanda he is a fighter um, that has so much hype around her. She only has one loss on her resume. She had a great 2020. And I think she really has the potential uh, to be a next UFC champion. Um, and I cannot wait um, to see this fight playing out. I mean the whole card is just amazing. We will have Brad Tavares versus Antonio Carlos Jr. We will also see... Um, Nick Lentz taking on the undefeated Moffsar Ivluev. So many great fights, guys. I I mean, I I just, uh, I I simply cannot wait. And it all goes down this Saturday night, Abu Dhabi, uh, Fight Island, UFC 257. I cannot wait for this one. All right, guys, I gave my predictions for the main and co-main event. And um, we will see how the thing plays out. However, I will be Next week, guys, with you um, to break down and analyze UFC 257, and we will also look ahead. What's coming? What's coming up next in the UFC? As um, we can expect a very, very great 2021 from the UFC. Thank you, guys, for tuning in. My name is Sven. If you want to reach out to me, um, discuss with me, or even be a guest on my podcast, reach out to me on Instagram. Um, you can find me under the name SVN underscore LSR. So reach out to me if you wish so. If not, um, I would love to talk to you next week again. See you there and stay safe, stay tuned and don't miss on watching The Fight Guys. See you next week.